Are we recording a podcast? I'm recording a podcast, I guess. Because, like, I am now recording a podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jard. Hi. Ryan is Hello. sick. Yeah, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> this is no good. I'm not going to lie. The voice is kind of hot. I'm into weak men. Oh, that's just me 24-7. I'm just a weak man. Yeah, but now we can hear it. Okay, uh, this is now the new me. It's on display. This is now the new me. Get get used to this, motherfucker. Not understanding a single word I'm saying. Good. Hate, Good. So Good. Much. And congratulations for you, fine folks listening. He's presenting tonight. Yay. Yes, yes it's my turn. And Dougie sounds fine. This was in anticipation of Dougie having frog throat. Not me. Well, it's a little bit croakier, but yeah. At least you're still not as bad as I expected. You sound tired, that's all. Well, there's that as well. So I think I had three and a half hours sleep. <laughs> so yeah, at least you sound audible. And not go through puberty. <laughs> so there's that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, for our well, listeners, should... I would I'd like to announce this is our first ep- ever fully nude episode of Jarred. <laughs> yeah, we're all naked right now. <laughs> Ryan, just go along with it. If they're listening, they can't see us. Watch the YouTube views go up. I was going to say, no, I was gonna say, no YouTube's just going to fucking skyrocket. We're going to get banned from YouTube. Ooh, oh, like, oh, oh, fucking hawk your shit on OnlyFans. I can do this for YouTube. Oh, I can do this for YouTube. Um, the, the, um, yeah, but, yep, yep, channel's gone. Vagina. It was nice knowing you, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, you guys. didn't do fuck all for us, but yeah. thanks We've, again. We never had a shot at monetization anyway. Nah. Oh, not the fucking window. Wow, I'm going to love listening to Ryan, and I'm telling you guys right now. That sarcasm at his finest right there, thanks. I do feel bad for I him. feel bad for me. Okay, now I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you guys... Anyway, so. uh, I was going to say, it was almost like you guys shouldn't have swapped. Weird. Yeah. I really yeah. think, huh? I'm, I'm glad your night well, was I mean, worth it, Dougie. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've had nights where it, well, the next day after a gig and my voice is worse than this. But, um, yeah, pleasantly surprised that I'm not that bad. But it was a good night apart from being fucking cold, <laughs> which made it hard to play. But, yeah, we got through it. So. I'm, I'm glad you had a good night, Dougie. I was good to yeah. play again. And when so you get the video, it. send it to us, and I'm going to yes. post it on the Jarred Instagram account. Yes. If they want that shit. Depending on the quality of it. <laughs> and then you'll get Jarred clout for your band. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what you guys, I don't know what, what kind of fucking voodoo magic shit you guys did last week, but, like, the number of downloads we got after that episode dropped was, like... What the fuck? I don't know how many downloads that one episode in particular got, but I was keeping an eye on the the stuff after release day, and it's like, we got over 100 downloads in one day, and I was like, what did they do? 
No. I mean, I watched the episode, but still, I'm like, what's different? Is it's because I'm not I was there? Say you weren't there, so that's what. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Great. It's because I wasn't there. That was the only thing that was different. <sighs> no, I I thirsted no. for Dougie a little harder than I normally do. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, could it have been because of what we're doing now and with what the previous one was? Are you I talking mean, about theme of the season? Yeah. I, I mean, probably, maybe. I mean, I ship it. I ship it more. So. Oh, oh, I had updates for you guys for my episode. Um, okay, so one of them was that one of the friends that I had spoken to for my episode, one of Tabitha Goen's friends, she reached out after listening. She Mm -hmm. and Tabitha's mom were very impressed with the episode. But she messaged me and she said, just a little nugget for you guys for right now, the boyfriend, he did get charges from the raid that happened that night. He was Uh, served after the fact because he ran before they could catch him. Okay. Uh, Uh, Should... Should we also plug that other little nugget that happened? With uh, the games? search? I was going to get to that next. Okay. Um, that's what you're talking about, right? Yes. Alan even asked me if we were going to update that. <laughs> yeah, let me... Oh, God, let me pull it up on Facebook again. There was a search conducted, which my mom, like, she texted me about it first thing in the morning when that was posted, and I'm like, holy shit, like, I didn't even know. But I also paid attention to the wording in that post, Um, the Cumberland County Sheriff, he posted an update on Facebook that earlier this month, which when this was posted, it was end of August. It was a couple days ago. So early August, the police conducted a search near Hurley's Landing Drive off of Butler Nursery Road, which is Highway 87 adjacent. I haven't seen anything about what they found there, but they said it was from an anonymous tip, I guess. So I don't know, I haven't seen anything about their findings, but I did think it was interesting. One of the people or pages that shared this post on my feed captioned the post that, um, um, what, what the fuck did they say? I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember. It was something about the police department being called out, like they're finally doing something now that they've been called out. Or, like, hmm. someone called them out. And I'm hmm. like, that's weird. Interesting. <clears throat> that's suspicious. That's, uh, mm. Yes. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, they said it only took a post calling them out, but thankful they took their resources and checked into things. Um, one huh. thing I wanted to point out, just pure coincidence, both... Jess's one on Tabitha and mine on Rihanna. They're both 41 this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. I just realised that they went, hang on a minute. She was 12 when she went missing. That was 29 years ago. And Jess's one on Tabitha she would have been 41 this year. And it's like, wow, that's wow. weird coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. But it did give me, it gave me a little bit of hope with Tabitha's because it didn't say directly that we had anything to do with it, but we know that her mom listened to our episode. We know that her best friend listened to our episode. Who knows 
who they yeah. trust and want to. Because I know that a couple months ago when I was doing my research, I posted kind of an informational TikTok about the case to kind of start spreading the word mm. then. And that apparently, I, I don't, I haven't checked the views on it lately, but it didn't go viral, but I guess it got enough that it started going around locally and it circulated back around to the best friend. She said a friend of a friend had sent it to the friend and the friend had sent it to her. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like this is making its rounds here. But it's really, I mean, I hope they find her. But it's it's really cool that we're doing this, yeah. Because it yeah. kind of feels like we're already seeing results from these episodes, which is good. We we're not going to get anything from yours, Amber. I'm sorry, we're just not. Oh no, I I absolutely know that. I'm as much as I would like for uh, John Benet to have. Uh, God, some imagine sort of just... we're the ones that crack John Benet's case. Uh, it's not going to happen. Oh my God. But, it would be nice for her to see some justice, uh, probably yeah. within my timeline. But uh, it's I, I doubt that I that I I live to see her get justice. Mm-hmm. I'm well, just prepared for that. The thing with John Benet's case is, it's like even if it is solved, and you know whoever did it admits to it, there's still going to be that crowd of people who are like, I don't buy that. It was something else. Yeah. Because there are so I many mean, different theories that it's like even if. For instance, please don't sue me, Burke Ramsey. This is all speculation. But even if, hypothetically, Burke Ramsey came out later on and was like, I did it, this is what I did, this is how it happened, there are still going to be people who are like, no, I don't buy it. That's not how it happened. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, whenever we do get to my episode and we start talking about actual evidence, which, Jess, I will need your assistance on. um, (laughs) Again, all of it points in very many different directions, and all those directions make sense. And it does not help the fact that the case was compromised from the beginning mm. because of how the scene was and how it was handled, which I went over that in my episode. And, yeah, it was fucked from the start. So Well, they've had, they've had all these different people come out in the last 25 years who are like, I did it. Like, this is what happened. This is how I did it. Like, and it's just... It's hard to know, are these people telling the truth, or are they doing it to get their 15 minutes of fame? That's like, yeah, I don't think and it'll ever really, truly be solved, because no, no one, like, all in all is going to believe that that's the end of the road for that case. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's what I'm going to talk about on my last episode, more than likely, is, you know, just theories and all of the different ways that things could have gone way that some claims have been made and what I personally think which is my own opinion it is an allegation it is not fact it is all alleged please don't sue me Ramsey family (laughs) I still haven't decided on my next my second one I don't know if I'm gonna do a two-parter or not maybe I think you should I might I might mine's very like it's not like a who did it. It's more like how they did it. Like it's when I tell these guys about this case, they're going to be like, oh, well, it was obviously that person. But anyway, it's Ryan's turn. I tried to stave it off as long as I could to give your voice time to recover. <laughs> I think it's, uh, but go like ahead, my... you little sexy sea urchin. Don't put me off. Don't put me off. Oh, my God. <laughs> he reminds me of a sexy Phoebe's voice. 
That's what I was thinking of going into this when he was complaining. Yes. I'm like, just own up to it, dude. Just, I'm just, just sick Phoebe. I am just, just going to roll with it and hope for the best. Um, <clears throat> Don't think but, about it. It won't go so bad. I'm not. I'm going to try not to. His voice is deeper now. I know. It's... So if I close my eyes, I'm like, that's a fetching young lad. Oh, and then you open your eyes and then you see this fucking hamster. It's a hamster. Yeah, hamster. <laughs> Cheers for that. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Fuck's sake. Okay, so mine's not mine's not going to get any solved from this either, because um, it technically already is. But um, have any of you heard of the Moore's murders? Yes. No. I just listened to I'm an episode of my favorite Doug, murder I'm about this. Dougie, you haven't heard about this. Um, Jess, I'm surprised you have. But okay. So, the Moore's murders were carried out by Ian Brady and Myra Hindley between July 1963 and October 1965 in and around the Manchester area in England. Their victims were five children, Pauline Reed, John Kilbride, Keith Bennett, Leslie Ann Downey and Edward Evans, aged between 10 and 17, at least four of whom... <clears throat> were sexually assaulted. Two of the victims were dis- were discovered in graves dug on Saddleworth Moor, and a third grave were discovered there in 1987, more than 20 years after Brady and Hindley's trial. So yeah, I'm surprised just that you have asked. Wait, when did you hear about this? There's a podcast called My Favorite Murder that I listened to. Well, I was listening to it regularly until Amber told me that they're problematic, so now it's hard for me to listen to them. But they did an episode right. on this one. Right. Okay, got you. But yeah, no, this this one, it's one of the most notorious, most infamous crimes that has just haunted Britain for, well, ever since it came out. It's just, it's horrific. So... I'm going to try and get this in the best order I possibly can. Um, So, yeah. So, the pair were charged only with the deaths of uh, three of of, of their victims, uh, Kilbridge, uh, Downey, and Evans, and they only received life sentences as capital punishment was abolished in Britain just a year prior. So the worst sentence they could get was life. Characterized as... No, I've jumped the gun there, baby. So, how they met. In January 1961, so two years before they started their murdering spree, the 18-year-old Hindley joined Millwoods as a typist. She soon became infatuated with Brady, despite learning that he had a criminal record. Hindley began a diary, although she had dates with many other men. Some of the entries detailed fascinations with Brady to whom she eventually spoke to for the first time in July later that that year. Over the next few months, their relationship blossomed into what would soon become the most sickening thing Britain would ever see. During Hindley's testimony months down the line, she claimed that Brady had convinced her that there was no God at all. He could have told her that the earth was flat, the moon would be made of green cheese, and the sun rose in the west, and I would have believed him. He had such his way with he had such power with his persuasion. 
Hindley later claimed that Brady began talking about committing the perfect murder, in quotes, in July of 1963 and often spoke to her about Maya Levin's Compulsion, published as a novel in 1956, adapted later into a film in 1959. By June of 1963, Brady moved in, in with Hindley at their grandmother's house on Bannock Street in July of that year. And then on July 12th, the two murdered their first victim, Pauline Reed. Pauline Reed, <clears throat> who was 16 at the time, she was abducted on her way to a disco in 1963 when Mr. Brady and Miss Hindley confessed later to murdering her not only until 1985. And that's when her body was later found buried in a shallow grave on Saddleworth Moor. It's fucking disgusting. That's, that was their first one. Their next victim was John Kilbride. He was killed on November 23rd. She offered him a ride home. She offered John Kilbride a ride home and made a detour to the moor where Mr. Brady was waiting... He then sexually assaulted him and strangled him with a piece of string and buried him also in a shallow grave. Sick fucks. Very mm. sick fucks. These really were. He was so... He was so... Brady was so disgustingly persuasive towards Hindley that... Towards the end, uh, when I was doing my research, I started to feel a little bit kind of sympathetic towards her, but I also don't at the same time because of the involvement she has had. Right. But the, but the further I get into it and more of the evidence I pull out, especially with what the judge says as well, you, you will have some... Yeah, I'll let, you, I'll let you have your own judge onto it anyway. One of the other victims was, a, was their youngest victim... 10-year-old Leslie Ann Downey. She was snatched from a fairground in December 1964 and her killing was the most notorious because of the details about her death that, was, that were presented in court. Pictures of Leslie, along with books on torture, were found in a suitcase belonging to the couple in a Manchester train station. According to prosecutors, the photographs showed, in quotes... A young girl in the nude in various pornographic poses, end quote. She had been gagged with a scarf, but she was still wearing her shoes and socks the night that she was kidnapped from the fairground. The most horrifying evidence from this case was what was found within the suitcase was an audio tape recording 16 minutes long. Apparently, <clears throat> the jurors heard voices of what appeared to be a man and a woman in the background, which they assumed would have been um, Bindley, uh, sorry, Brady and Hindley. And also uh, the cries of a young girl begging for her mum and crying out for God to help her before she was then brutally murdered and dug mm. in a shallow grave on Sado Moor in 1965. What the fuck? And yeah, that whole 60-minute recording had to be played in front of the entire jury, the judge. Oh, geez, that would have been hard to listen to. It brutal, and that was left abandoned in a suitcase randomly in Manchester train station. The the way it all come around is just sick, man. 
So what, did someone just randomly be like, hey, that suitcase has been sitting on the floor for a while. Can someone check it? I'll or? get around to all of that. I've had this, how it all finally came out, which it gets on okay. to the next one. Their oldest victim, 17-year-old Edward Evans. In his testimony, Mr. Brady said that a Mr. David Smith, who is the brother-in-law of his partner's Miss Hindley, uh, so yeah, Mr. Brady said Mr. David Smith had come to him with a letter from the landlord asking for money that he had owed. He said that Mr. Smith suggested, in quote, rolling a queer, end quote, which is a term described as a hate crime, which where a gay man would be targeted, beaten and robbed. They later drove to Manchester, where they met Edward at a railway station, lured him to Mr. Brady's house. And presumed and tried to rob him. However, this is where the story gets sketchy between the two testimonies. Mr. Smith, the brother-in-law to Miss Hindley, claimed he was in the kitchen alone when he heard a where was the quote a very loud and shrill scream. Ran into the living room where he found Mr. Brady beating Edward, to asking him to be quiet, otherwise he would silence him for him. When Edward fought back and tried to stand his ground, Mr. Brady grabbed a hatchet and beat him until he was quiet. Oh, shit. The fuck? Mr. Brady then, according to Mr. Smith, grabbed a cushion cover, wrapped it around the boy's head, around, along with a piece of cord, looked up to Mrs. Hindley and said, in quote, that's it, it's the messiest yet. End quote. Mr. Smith helped helped cover up the body and clean up the mess because he was scared stiff and wanted to get out the house in quotes in one piece. Later, they all had tea together where then Mr. Smith ran back to his flat to his wife where they called the police. Edward Evans' body was found in Mr. Brady's house in October 1965 by the police. So Hindley's brother-in-law basically... Ratted them out the second, the second he got back. Okay. He ratted them out because he knew whole shit. That was then the court and the trials lasted 14 days. They wanted obviously to get it wrapped up as quickly as possible. During this time, they confessed to three uh, of the killings. Well, they pleaded innocent the entire way through, but then they later confessed to three of the killings. Now, one of which is the one I'm going to go on to now. And this is... It, they're all sick. It's all disgusting. It's it's all horrific. But this one's almost the worst because it's kind of the most saddening. So Keith Bennett, he was 12 years old and he disappeared in June of 1964. Whilst on his way to his grandmother's house, this is when I got mixed up. He was on his way to his grandmother's house uh, in a neighbourhood in Manchester. And Miss Hindley asked him to help him load boxes into her new minivan, playing the ploy that she was moving. He obliged and uh, happily loaded them in. And then she was like, oh, since you've been so helpful, I've lost one of my gloves over on... Uh, started with more. So off they went... Um, drove up there and that's when he was um, murdered and also buried out there after he wasn't 
after he didn't come home for eight days, there was a two, I think a 2,000 strong search party going out in wastelands and uh, derelict buildings to try and find him, missing posters everywhere. Nobody would do anything, obviously, where he was until they then confessed that he was another one of their victims. And out of all of them, they wouldn't tell anybody where he was buried in particular. And his mum, Keith Bennett's mum, Winnie, she tried tirelessly from the, through her whole life to try and find out where her boy was buried. She died, unfortunately, in August 2012, not knowing where he was. And Brady died in 2017 in a, in a psychiatric high-security high, high hospital. And one of his last words or remarks was, I'm not telling that bitch where her boy is. But that's the one bit that is still unsolved about all of this, is the fact that they got four of the bodies and not the fifth one. And it's, they know he's in the moor, and they've literally dug up as much as they possibly can and have absolutely no evidence or no shred, no nothing as to... Have they done any, like, ground-penetrating radar? I haven't come across that, actually. That's a good point. I mean, this was all back in, obviously, 1965. Um, yeah, right. Which they, tell, you know, who knows what's they, fucking left. They wouldn't have had that, obviously, back at the time. Sure. Obviously, the ground's changed, obviously, over, over time, over decades, so... I mean, There's really, honestly, all that would be left of them wouldn't be very much. No, exactly. Um, I mean, that wasn't with um, with one of them anyway, because she wasn't uncovered until 1985, or she was buried there in 1963. <clears throat> you know, so, you know, so unfortunately, no, there wouldn't be much left anyway. So the trial judge, um, Fenton Atkinson, he said the blame lie more with Mr. Brady than with Miss Hindley. And in quotes, this is what he said. Though I believe that Brady is wicked beyond belief, without hope of redemption, I cannot feel the same is necessarily true of Hindley once she's removed from his influence. Hindley came forward and said that she was a newborn Christian woman. She reformed herself in prison. She was able to reborn herself in that she was a whole new person, that she was no longer a threat to society. He come forward and said, uh, Lord Langford, she may have done many evil things, but which one of us hasn't? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry, what? but... Nah. That, of all things, is just no. Like, no matter what. I mean, she never physically laid a finger on any of the victims. All she did was lure them away. She was an accessory to it all. But the fact that she was so easily persuaded by Brady to begin with, mm. still a threat in my books. She allowed, whether or not she did anything physical in terms, well, I mean, she did do physical harm by luring the children to begin with, but still, I... No, that's still pretty fucking evil to lure someone into danger where you know they're not going to come yeah. out of it. It's a bit yeah. of a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, I think, because it's like, yeah, like she's obviously got something going on mentally that would 
think that that was okay to participate in that. But on the other hand, it's like, if she was being influenced or manipulated or even threatened by him, I mean, was it, was it ever known if they had, I mean, did they have an abusive relationship? Like, was she also a victim of him and just kind of felt like she had to do that? During her incarceration, she, she tried to appeal many times and she did actually produce a, I think it was a 3,000 word letter, handwritten letter, where she went into detail how she was abused, uh, beaten by Brady, um, yeah, controlled in that I sense, mean, so yes. I mean, like, if you're in that relationship and you see this dude killing people, like, you are participating in helping him kill people, it's kind of like, if, even if you wanted to get out, it's, you're like, oh, well, that would, he'd do that to me, too, if yeah. I tried to leave. The, mm. Edward Evans, obviously, she was in the same room when he was beat with the hatchet. She was she was on the opposite sofa, and when he said his quote, he looked. It says she he looked straight into her eye, and said it, and she just looked like a deer in the headlights. According to Mr. Smith, she just looked like a deer in the headlights, just like yeah, I'm not getting out of this. No. So yeah, so she was very very controlled in this situation, um, but even she, I mean, she was one of the most hated women. In, the, in fact, she was the most hated woman in the UK at, at the, the time, to the extent one I of the mean, victims' mum said, even if she was ever released, you know, or whatever, she was going to kill her herself, you know. And she, I think, where was the quote from her, actually? I'd feel the same way. There was a quote from Hindley somewhere. Where is it? Well, it's kind of like, I don't, when it comes to women in these situations, it seems like, I don't know. Like, you know, Amber, like the Barbie and Ken killers or Barbie and Ken murders, whatever, like Carla yeah. and Mocha. Yeah. Like they straight up like raped and killed that Carla's sister. Her and she's, sister. She's out. Yeah. She's out living a free life. Makes no fucking sense to me. No. She's got that, a whole new identity, but she's out. That doesn't even... I haven't fully looked into that situation, admittedly, but that doesn't even seem like a situation where she was being, like, abused or coerced into participating. That seemed like a pretty well, team from, effort there. From what I gathered, I think her and the husband <coughs> or whatever, I think they did have... I, I, I think she was abused, which... And I'll go ahead and say, you know, while those may be contributing factors, they are not by any means excuses. No. Mm. But you don't know what someone's mental is like either. Like if someone's like a, right. like super weak, I hate to say weak, but if they're if they're not a very strong mental capacity. Well, it's like at the beginning. I mean, you know how she would uh, when she said in her first original testimony when she was through trial, um, she said you know Brady had such a way with yeah such power of his persuasion. You know she said herself. You know, he could have told me the earth was flat, the moon would be made of green cheese, and the sun rose in the west, and I would have believed him. Right. She was, so, she, almost like, sounds like a cult leader, almost. Almost, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was quite a respected woman before <laughs> she became infatuated with him. And then she started to change her style, change, change her dress style. Um, he started quoting a lot of Nazis stuff around her as well. She started to take it on board. He was very, very, very manipulative and very sickening. Um, which she took on board. But she said herself, as she remained in prison, she once said, quote, I know I could be out 
one week before someone assassinated me, but at least I would have what, that one week of freedom. So she knew, even herself, even if she was to get out, she wouldn't get, she wouldn't be out for long mm. before somebody got her. Well, it really, what it comes down to for me is like, putting yourself in her position and in the mindset of witnessing this happening and it's like am I willing to put my life on the line for this stranger that my partner is killing right now mm. which yeah. if it's a kid any normal person would be like fuck yeah yeah but it's it's different strokes for different yeah. folks I mean, yeah 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 if it's a, I mean, if it's a kid you don't know, it's, it's someone who's like her in that mental capacity might be like, no, I, I could never, I couldn't do yeah. that. Like, if it came down to me and this kid that I don't know from Adam, yeah. no, whatever. But, I mean, she needs to be somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she, they both died. She, uh, Henny died in two thousand and twelve, I think it was. Oh no, 2002, sorry, yeah. Henny died in 2002 at the age of 60. She served 36 years uh, in prison. Um, she died of respiratory failure. And then Brady died in just a couple of years ago in 2017. And also, well, he died of lung cancer after many hunger strikes. Good. Rotten shit. Mm. Yep. Massively, massively. And the final quote the judge gave as well uh, before slamming the hammer down. Mr. Justice Fenton Atkinson described Brady and Hindley in his closing remarks as, quote, two sadistic killers on the utmost depravity. I didn't realise how sick this was and how twisted it was until I dug more. The more and more you dig into this one, the worse it gets. Like, I knew... I heard a lot about it when I was growing up. It was one of these... Kind of like with the John Bonet one. For you guys, you kind of... You're born kind of knowing it. <clears throat> this was kind of the same for me growing up. Like, I knew a lot about it when I was growing up. Like, it was all... You know, the photos were constantly on the TV, on the news, or there was some sort of news flash with, you know, you know the Moors murderers, and it was either her or him. Um, and then I was talking to my folks about it the other week, obviously, because I said you know, that I was going to be covering this one. And, and my mum said to me, she was like, oh, I'll never forget. She was like, I can I can see all of their little faces now on the TV. You know, she says, you know, the missing. And obviously when they were covering the cases and whatever. Yeah, it was one of those ones that we always knew growing up. But yeah, the, the, uh, I'm not, I've not, I'm sorry, hate no, I was just going to say, I just hate that they never admitted to where... Yeah, to where he was. And that's mm. that's that, the one yeah. thing that always fucks everybody over is the fact that, yeah. He was he never, was never found. found. He was and And she... At this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, if they do now, it would be remarkable. I mean, she pleaded countless times. She wrote them letters in prison just to just plea and look... But I know you've killed him. I know he's dead. I know I'm not going to get him back. But can you let me know where he is so I can give him a proper burial? And they just straight up said no. They were even... For one of them, in particular, I think it was in 1985, they were actually brought out prison at, at separate times to locate two of the graves so they could be dug up. And and they did, but they wouldn't with... They wouldn't with Bennett. Mm. They, they, they just wouldn't. 
for some reason. Sounds like they had it in for him, I don't know. But. It almost sounds like it was something personal. So Yeah, something yeah, more to it. Yeah, that seems, like, really angry. Yeah. Mm. You know, the fact that they confessed 20 years after the trial, oh, yeah, this is where one of them is, and this is where the other one is. Um, I think they were, like, 100 metres or 100 yards out from each other, each of the graves. Um... So it's naturally, when they got those two, naturally they set up a perimeter with almost using the same sort of diameters and everything to try and just dug up the whole area to see what they could find and still nothing. It is almost like, yeah, it almost is a personal attack against the family mm. in particular. But there's been no links, no correlation, no nothing. They, As far as all police evidence come out, there was no connection at all between the Moors murderers and, and the fam and the victims and the families, none at all. So that's the one bit that talks about all of that. Mm. That was a real bummer Shitty. of a story. Mm, the whole thing. But I it's it, I feel kinda of, it's it's kind of like sad almost. I don't know if it's because I'm an American or because I'm like in, super into true crime, but like you were describing it and I'm like, eh, I've heard worse. Oh yeah, there were oh I <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you're talking about how grotesque these were and how awful and brutal and I'm just like, eh, I've heard worse. I mean, naturally, you're an American. Whatever. You're going to hear much worse over there. Um, yeah. For uh, I mean, for us, I mean, there are worse crimes that have happened in the UK. There, there, there are. Um, this is one of the most notorious and the most infamous, which is why I've done it. Um, mainly so I could educate myself on it a bit more as well um I, I did leave out you certain should... specific details because they are grotesque out of some of them I'll let if people want to go into it I'll let you do your own research into it before. oh my sources by the way were NY Times uh, BuzzFeed and Wikipedia brilliant sources so one of your sources was American believe it or not yes huh oh. do you have your next one planned already I do Oh. Do you have your third one planned? Do not. You should do that guy that was like, they kind of like wanted for James Bond. I think he was going to like, they wanted him to play James Bond or something. What? He like murdered people and then went missing or something like that. His name was like Lord something. Oh, I, I need know. to look for that now real quick. Lord, um, fuck, what was that guy's name? Lord. Farquaad. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> oh, God. They wanted him to play James Bond. Or there was there was something with James Bond. Uh, was it Jack? Jack Lord? No. Fuck! I mean, that's the most random Google search I've ever bloody done. I've typed in Lord UK James Bond. <sighs> <laughs> I've got Lord, UK Lord James Bond disappearance guy. So what you've searched or you want me to search? <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't... No, it was Lord. Lord Lucan. Lord. John Bingham, 7th Earl of Lucan. Lord Lucan, British gambler. Seventh Earl of Lucan. Oh, okay. I mean, you know. Okay. If you want. I mean, I will have a look. See, see. Oh, I recognise one of the photos, actually. Oh, well. Okay. 
It's a bummer for the summer, I guess. Well, I do know what I'm going to do for my second or my third. Like, I know what I'm going to do for my next case anyway. Um, which I've run, obviously, by all three of you now, and you're all happy with me to do it now. Um, mm-hmm. It is, that one, it is completely well and truly solved, and it's wrapped up, and it is, it's done and dusted with. But I want to raise more awareness on the situation itself, on the case itself, especially because it literally happened three miles down the road from me, and it is so recent as well. So, but I might do that... I don't know where when I'm going to do it, either for my next one or the one after that. I think I might do it for my second one. Yeah. You should make your third one, like, really big. Yeah, the third one. Yeah. I'll, I'll dig deeper for my third one. See what else I can dig out in the archives. I was thinking. Sorry. I heard something. Oh, God, I think it was the UK. I heard something about this couple that was, like, co-murdering or whatever, and, like, they were, like, burying people in their garden or something or under the house. I don't remember. That happens a lot. Yeah, I've listened to a lot of true crime stuff. I mean, it happens with a lot of cases, to be fair. Are you burying them in the yard or under the porch? Well, or... it's like, like the one I did in the previous season. With, um, the oh, the yeah. Australian Jack the Jack the Ripper. Australian Jack the Ripper. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love true crime. It was crime. like that um, Unsolved on Netflix as well. One of them wasn't the in top, didn't he... Wasn't a family the buried under the French guy? I think buried he, under the entire well, porch or something. Buried his whole family under. Yeah, there. he buried them under the yeah. porch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his wife, his children, and the two dogs. Are they? Oh, don't talk to me about the dogs. Nah, yeah, nah. But yeah, they do. That's when you know it's an impulse thing. If it's if if they throw them in the garden, that's it's an impulse. But, it, but was that though? Was that impulsive? That one was... No, it was not impulsive, Ryan, because if you remember, he killed his family over a course of three days. Oh, yeah, he did. Like, he killed yeah. the wife first one yeah, day, and then the son the following he day. Did. That was not impulsive. No, no, I forgot that aspect. That was, I, a, that was a plan. Oh, yeah, that was, that, oh, yeah. that was planned. And I gotta say, in regards to yours today... If you were murdering people in the 60s or, like, around, like, mid-century and you got caught, you're a fucking dumbass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> fact that... DNA was not even a thing until, like, the 80s or 90s. Literally. Like, you, you know, it's... You could... God, without DNA, you could get away with anything, they, basically, as long as you were a neat, tidy it's monster. It's so much harder... So much harder to get away with murder now than it was back they then. They probably would have gotten away with this if... Her brother-in-law hadn't been there. If he hadn't have been there to witness the yeah. whole thing, God knows how many more they would have done, not how many more they would have gone on with, you know. I mean, he was obsessed. Do it you was, think that there may be some that they never, like, confessed or admitted to? Probably. Maybe. I mean... It, oh, it's possible. It is possible. It is possible. Um, I mean, no comments come out about it and there's been no evidence to suggest it. Um... They conf- they confessed to the th- to the three that you know that they buried um, when they were prosecuted. So I imagine if they got if they admitted defeat at that stage, I imagine they would have come out with the rest. I. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but look how re- he responded. Like they confessed to the last one. Well, not the last one. The the twelve year old boy. Yeah. But they didn't tell where. But they wouldn't he was say buried. where it was. Yeah. So, yeah, possible that they. Ooh, I wonder if that's because they had more ones. bodies out there. 
near him. Maybe. 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 But it's just how they've dug up the whole moor, pretty much the whole moor, um, found. What did now? What did you say about the suitcase with the recording? I thought. So yeah, so that was, was found um, at Manchester Station. Um, they dumped it there, and on purpose. He worked. Brady worked at. It was a stock clerk, opposite the Manchester Station uh, factory, there, and would often go to from the station, whatever for his lunch breaks or whatever. And they just left it there. They literally just left it there. And then it wasn't until police were doing their rounds and doing their searches, picking up the evidence and so on and so forth. That's when they found the case there. I mean, was that an accident? Do they think that they left it there to tr- like to try to get caught? Because yeah. it's like... No time that one. Let me see if it, if it is in here. Weird, or is it just like a risky game of adrenaline? Like, yeah. yeah. It was... Like, ooh, I wonder if they're going to find this. So, I got to say, if you're going to do some fuck shit like that, don't record it. Yeah. Don't don't record video. Don't record audio. Because that, that will come back and bite you in the ass oh, at oh, some point oh, later on. Um, don't kill anyone, preferably. No. But, you know, definitely don't record it. What was the comment about the case? Did you know that there are, at any given time... At least 50 active serial killers in the United States. Bloody hell. Well, that that helps my... And say, I bet you both feel at ease now, don't you? Oh, I don't care. Okay. Just sometimes I get a little... Not bummed, but it's like... The likelihood of me and Amber seeing a situation like... Charles Manson or Ted Bundy... Richard Ramirez in our lifetime at this point with DNA technology is almost zero. I'm really okay with that. I mean, good. Do away with the monsters, but still, I'm just a little bit... I'm a little bit of a true crime junkie here, so it's kind of like... I'm a little jealous of my mom in that, in that capacity, that's all. I'm good. Like, I, I I've would... Got- if I've got situ- John Benet to haunt me for the rest of my life. If a situation like that were to arise across the country, and I got to spectate on social media, I'd be okay with that, I think. Not close to home. I will say, probably my most favorite thing about the Richard Ramirez story is how a whole fucking neighborhood just yes. mowed that man down and was like, uh-uh, fuck you. We holding you till the cops come. They beat the shit out of him. Yeah, they did. That dude was a straight up anomaly. I he, I don't think anyone will ever wrap their heads around that. That was just dude, the only common thing about him serial killer wise was that he had a traumatic childhood. That was literally it. He did not have an MO. Nothing he didn't have a routine. It's like every every murder was different. Yeah, every fucking one of them. And he didn't brush his teeth, so there's that. Says it all. You're not brushing your teeth. You're a fucking psychopath. Absolutely. And he wore, like, the same pair of shoes to almost every single fucking murder up until it got leaked, which, what the... Mm, Sometimes media is not kind. (laughs) Now that's... It's not always important to have the exclusive... 
Richard Ramirez. That was that. I would think that was scary if that were happening real time. Oh fuck yeah! A lot of these other people, I'm just like, eh. If they have an mo, then I know what to avoid. So you know, whatever. But Richard Ramirez, he's like, I don't have an mo. Guess what? Young, old, white, black. I I don't fucking care. I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing the damn thing. I'm like, fuck. Maybe we'll talk about that on a future episode. If the boys aren't yeah. familiar. Saying that doesn't. Oh, we should do it. We should do a season on serial killers. That would. Oh, be I love serial killers so much. Season six just announced, Not, like... ladies and gentlemen. Season six, right there for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not you know. I don't love serial killers, but. <laughs> oh my god, I love you. Can I get your autograph with this knife in my arm? Thanks. Nah, honey, you, you got to be careful with that shit, too, because there are, like, literal TikTok accounts that are dedicated to being in love and infatuated with Ted Bundy. If you're listening right now, and you're one of those poor, pitiful girls making I love you pages to Ted Bundy, get help. Let someone hug you. I'm in love with Ted Bundy. <laughs> I'm in love with Zach Efron's Ted Bundy. Just say you're in love with Zach Efron. Yeah. Zach Don't Efron be in, in love the with 70s being a serial killer. I dig it. <laughs> Don't be in love with Ted Bundy. Love yourself, girls. Girl, I ain't got a thing for unibrows. Burn hell, Ted Bundy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what push you off. A unibrow? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I get it. Some justified killing? No way, honey. Sarcasm. Listeners, that was sarcasm. <laughs> Ted Bundy probably would have fucked you up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just his type. Yeah. Now I think about it. No I think. Offense. He was into young blondes or young... Yeah, I think so. He he, 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 he liked young girls. Young uh, sorority-looking girls, so... And he was very charismatic for... Dead. And he was very, very charismatic for being a serial killer, and yeah. Well, you that man represented it. himself. You gotta think about it. When a dude, even if a dude is butt ass ugly, if they come at you with the charisma and the charm and the good personality, those things add a little bit of flair to attractiveness. Like you know, it's it's kind of like those facets of personality they they build on a person's physical. At least for me. Like, that's that's can where be, we thrive. That, <laughs> I'm just saying, someone can be fucking ass in the face ugly, dude, but if they're funny or, like, smart or charming, then, for me, that adds on to attractiveness. Yeah, you so, should see some of our exes. Yeah. <laughs> but they weren't witty or charming. Uh, mm. Anyway, <laughs> I can get it. I, I mean, I, if you look at Ted Bundy outright, you're like, what the fuck were these girls thinking with that dude? But if he was what they say, were, you know, intelligent, charming, and good personality, then I get it. Throw me in the fucking trunk and murder me. I don't care. I'll get on the message to Charles. Charles. <laughs> 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 Season six serial killers. Mm. I need to go to the library. Is that open? Are we still COVID? Uh, We're still COVID. I, uh, yeah. Uh, 
everything. You'll, you'll probably get more from the internet. Can y'all just get vaccinated, please? <laughs> now that you've said that, I've just... I every, want my life back. Everything here now is reopened, no restrictions, nothing. Nothing is legit a free-for-all. But my library, still closed. Meanwhile, over here, we're in a reinstated mask mandate. Really? Even if vaccinated, mm-hmm. yes. Wow. Because I'll say it loud, I'll say it proud for people listening to this. The vaccine does not and has never claimed to 100% prevent COVID infection. Mm. Okay? Yeah, never, never. So matter even vaccinated. Fact, yeah, matter of fact, I know someone currently who has been fully vaccinated and contacted COVID. Okay. However, yeah. their symptoms are significantly less severe than some of those who have not been vaccinated. Yep. I currently exactly. know someone else who has COVID who I think maybe has not been vaccinated. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of going through it right now. Mm. So if nothing else, just to help protect yourself if something does happen. And... It is not a conspiracy I, theory when it's happening to the entire fucking world. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. coming to my TED Talk. And I mean, not to, you know... Flashback to season to, three. N- not to toot a horn or anything, but since I've been vaccinated, I've been in contact with people who have gotten COVID. And nothing's happened to me. Um, I will say that... Not saying, but I'm saying. We've been back under the mask mandate for what now, Amber? It's been a week and a half, or two weeks? Something if, like that. A week and a half, Maybe. two weeks, something like that? Um, yeah. And it's like, you have to be masked vaccinated or not in any indoor location business whatever i went birthday shopping for my mom today and it'll already be past her birthday when this airs so i can go ahead and say it but i was at this like flower shop to get my mom some flowers for her birthday and there were probably at least half a dozen other people in that store with me at least and i was the only one wearing a mask and that's to include the people that worked at the store as well that's a problem. I just, like, I was standing there in line, like, waiting to check out, and I had my mask on, and I, like, look around, and I'm like, am I the only motherfucker in here wearing a mask right now? I am then, the only motherfucker in here wearing a mask right now. Then what you feel like on? the odd one out, or something, or, yeah. Yeah, I feel like a fucking Trump supporter over here, like, I'm wearing a mask because I'm not vaccinated. Joke's mm. on you guys. Yeah. Fully dosed, baby. Oh, Pfizer Yang, baby. When we, uh, the way, when we... Which, just... by the way, is now FDA approved, so stop using that fucking excuse. Stop using the ivermectin, please. When our restrictions were dropped the other week, um, like, you know, it was a free-for-all on numbers, could go anywhere, uh, sports venues all opened up to max capacity, um, uh, literally everything. Um... You didn't have to wear masks if you didn't want to. You know, it was your discretion. Some places still asked you, you know, to wear a mask or, you know, whatever. And the first thing I noticed when going out shopping again was all staff within retail environments not wearing one. They all chose to wear it. And I was, and I thought, and I stood there and there was a small part of me that went, I do feel your pain slightly having to wear it all day, 24-7, working in the retail environment, so I do get it, but also at the same time, you're still in that close quarters environment. I'd still yep. give the fucker on if I were you. You know. 
It's such a bummer because mm-hmm. here I got my second dose like the first week of May. And at that point, it was kind of like a, you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated situation. So I got my second dose. And I just got to live freely for like two, three months. Mm. I'm like, fuck you guys. I'm vaxxed. I don't have to wear a mask anymore. And it was like back to normal. And then people were just continuing to be idiots and now are taking... What is that, Amber? Horse... It's not tranquilizer. Yeah. It's like horse it's a something. horse dewormer. It's a horse dewormer. dewormer. Yes. Is that a UK... Is that happening over there, you guys? Or is that just America? Uh, that sounds no, like that's just America. No, because they don't listen to fucking Joe Rogan. That sounds like they don't listen to Joe Rogan. That sounds yes, like just an American there thing is goes. Currently... Well, it's called ivermectin. It is a her- horse dewormer. It is low in stock here in North Carolina, at least. Uh, it's because everywhere. people it's everywhere. have been buying it out, buying it in such high supply, because they've been told that it prevents or fights COVID. So, very low stock and, you know, like supply demand all that so what's left in stock is price has skyrocketed because people are buying so much of it now that there's a conspiracy out there that it fights covid to the point now some, it, to the point now in some like tractor supply locations and other like agri- agri- agricultural stores they place signs that say if you want to buy this horse dewormer, you need to provide a picture of you and your horse and you with your horse. Photo proof of your horse, yes. People would rather take horse dewormer than take an FDA approved vaccine when you know everyone's getting all upset. You can't, you know, they're asking for vaccine cards or whatever for entrance to certain places yada yada yada. We can't even start public school here. Without having a laundry list of vaccines. So, these people are out here like, we've never been forced to take a vaccine before. Well, you know what? I had to have 30 million fucking vaccines before I was even eligible to start kindergarten. So, what are you talking hey, about there, bud? And, hey, guess what? You medical workers, you nurses, I know... My mom is a nurse. You shouldn't be a nurse if you don't yep. believe in science. Bye. Y'all, y'all have to have regular, like, yearly. Like, I know my mom had to have her TV done regularly. Like, all this shit my mom has to do regularly in order to be able to practice nursing. There's not really that much of a fucking difference. Like, just add it to your list. Yeah. Like, just put it on your tab. Yeah. And guess what, you guys? I am now four months second dosed. And the only thing that's happened is my dick has gotten bigger. <laughs> ah, shit. I must have got the wrong one. That's the, o- <laughs> 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 that's the only thing that's happened. So, you know. Anyway, now that we've had our little rant, I'm just ready to get back to normal. I'm sorry. I'm just, We're I'm just get- tired of having more seasons of jarred with COVID than with <laughs> Y'all could fucking fix it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't even You're think welcome. about that. Yeah. No, we, I have. We started talking about COVID at, what, the beginning of season two? Was that when we started? When you first joined? It was... It was towards the end of season two, Holy and then we shit. started season three with it, and we've just been on this fuck fest ever since. Shit, Neve. Jesus oh. Christ. Jesus Christ. 
two years. It's Little almost baby. been two years since almost. the dude ate the bat. I think that happened in October of ni- 2019. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what the bat thing is. You know, I, don't know. I, I went in my garden issue last night. I let the dog out for a wee. And I looked up and I saw this bat flying around. And the first thing I thought was, who the fuck would eat you? That was my first thought. That wow. is... Well, now that we've put the world to... We've been in this for almost two years. Well, now that we've put the world to right with our COVID uh, fixer plan. (laughs) Actually, a year and a half if we pretend that the president didn't pretend that it wasn't a problem early on. So, anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. That sounds like a you problem. Not a a me and Dougie. not Not a me and Dougie problem. Oh, but it is still a you and Dougie problem, so... True. Y'all yeah. ain't here yet. Yeah, yet. Serial <laughs> <sighs> oh, killer season six. The next serial killer is gonna be me because I'm fucking over it. <laughs> you heard she first. Hope, Welcome back to Judge no. season six, she's, episode she's one. Serial killer. She's Jessica joking. Legally, I'm not she joking. Not what she's saying. She's I'm, no legally. I'm, I'm joking. her legal advisor. She's absolutely joking. I'm joking. Don't look at the wink. Don't look at the wink. I'm. Here's here's the thing. I'm Amber, joking. Uh, Amber, this it's, is it's, all legend. Amber, as much as you're trying to defend Jesse, I'm going to stand up and say. I've literally said before I would kill someone. All viewers know. All of us know that Jess would suddenly snap. I don't even think she. I don't even think Jess would need to snap. She'd just fucking go. I don't need to you don't snap think you'd be to have I don't you need don't... to snap to have a good time. <laughs> That's what I mean. She probably wouldn't snap. And you know what? I've got this horrible fear that if I was there, you're on the list. I'm on the you'd list. You have a boner when you saw it. <laughs> it depends what you're running at me with, but yeah. <laughs> what if it's a giant dildo? <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Ryan. <laughs> I just have this image Ryan, with Jess just have this image with Jess with two holding two hands just charging around like a battering ram. <laughs> oh my fucking Take it like a man, Roy. <laughs> wow. I think we've uh, I'm, I'm 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 cutting us off. I think this we've I think too, we've just I think we've just lowered the tone. I think we just Should lowered we go to Waffle House? House. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Should we Why? go to Waffle House? Yes. I wanna go to Waffle House. What when the boys get here? <laughs> no, right now. Baby, I gotta go home. I got work tomorrow. Jess, can you oh take me to Waffle House? Oh my god, it's only 9 o'clock. Fuck. Take me Waffle House. No, you no, don't but get yeah. Waffle House. Why don't, why don't I get Waffle House? Did I send y'all the picture of my Waffle House the other night? That sounds so wrong. No, but That's... I would like, right now, a Waffle House waffle with a packet so of butter for each quadrant. Thanks. Can we, can we go ahead and like wrap this up? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just oh, okay. <laughs> I want to rest my voice. Thanks for coming to Jarred, you guys. You can visit our website at jarredpodcast.com. Find us on Instagram at jarredpodcast, Twitter at jarredofficial. You can join our Facebook group, uh, Jarred Posting. What else do we have, you guys? Uh, Become a patron on our Patreon. Patreon. Uh, leave us a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> 
Leave us a voicemail. Speakpipe.com slash jarred. Uh, like, rate, review, download. Yes, rate, review, subscribe, download, please. It's not that hard. And if you think it's hard, then I will post a screen recording of how easy it is to fucking download episodes <laughs> on all of our social media accounts, just in case you guys have any questions. Okay, see We're you next week. We're not yelling at you. Guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. <sighs>